Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Michael Solis, our children's director, and Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor and speaker from Sunday. Uh, if you guys uh, have not been listening to the podcast or attending church, you will not know that we have been in a series called All In, which is a study of Romans 8. And uh, we've been it for a while, and we're coming to the close of chapter 8. Cliff shared with us yesterday verses 31 through 34. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, which, again, if you didn't attend yesterday, sorry. If you didn't attend Sunday. Really um, sorry. Yeah, if you didn't attend Missed on out. Sunday, you didn't get to hear the fact that this is Cliff's favorite Bible verse area. Is that what you said? Well, I think actually it was a week before on the, the 28th. So, oh. uh, I mean, the 20th, not the 20th. date, but yeah. verse 28 yeah. is is kind of a life verse to me. But these do follow close on its heels. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I misunderstood yeah. that. Um, <laughs> if we were a more professional podcast, I'd cut and start over. Yeah. But we're just going to run with it, the Good. fact that I misspoke we're not professional. There. So... <laughs> Since you really don't like these verses, Cliff, um, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, tell me what was the uh, what was the process like starting this? You when you came to us as a staff, you had already kind of outlined each week where you thought it might go. Um, now that we're coming to the end of the series, we have one more week in it. Um, did you feel like this was a chunk where you know we've we've said a lot of this throughout the series, or was this some new content that you were excited to share? Yeah, I I would say new content. Um, although it did build on, and as I think it has as we've gone along, each message in a way builds on itself. Paul's writing a letter, and for the letter to make sense, it all kind of does have to do that. It all has to kind of flow, and and he's coming with new information along the way or reminding of old information. And for me, you know, you said that when we looked at this as a series and chose to use all in, it it was in part because of the number of times that kind of all is used throughout this chapter, yeah, uh, or at least the concept of all, even if the word all isn't used, you know, because like begin, shall, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So uh, no condemnation, right? There is not that now. Therefore, no condemnation. So really, the idea of all condemnation for a believer is gone. Mm -hmm. And then we get to 28, which was a couple of weeks ago, and basically saying all things work together for good for those who love me and are called according to my purpose. And then all of a sudden now we jump into 32 and it says all good things, but again, all things. Now he's talking yep. about all the gifts we get come from him. So I think that the title was appropriate that way of all in, because it, it means being all in. And really, we got to be all in to be able to see the benefits of this, of uh, what he's talking about. Yeah, holistic approach to our, our relationship yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. 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 And some of it's easy and some of it's not to, <laughs> to, to get our arms around, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, this is... Um, I've gone through Romans for uh, my study at college, um, and I've gone through it personally. And I find this chunk, specifically 31 through uh, 36, to be one of the more confusing when you look at it linguistically or even grammatically. There's a lot of lot of question marks. There's a lot of commas. It's a you know, it's not a run-on sentence, but it gets pretty darn close to being that. Yeah. Um, I would like to just kind of go through quickly 
to get some of the um, vocab words out of the way. There's some words that we see in here that are are a little bit unique to Romans, a little bit unique to Paul, um, that we probably don't use, I'd say, every day in our vocabulary. Um, and especially last week, we talked about uh, Calvinism and, and uh, tulip, and we see one of those words pop up again in God's elect. Um, yeah. I'd like to really quickly just get that out of the way and chat about it before we um, move more into the minutia of the message. Cliff, when you come across the word or the phrase God's elect, what is what is going through your brain? You're not, um, we've had other people, a part of staff and a part of the church who are maybe followed to the Calvinism um, realm. What do you think of when you think of God's elect? Uh, um, I would suggest that that what it what it means, at least from my perspective, is those that are in God's camp. Yeah. Uh, so uh, whether they chose to be in God's camp mm-hmm. or that God chose them, uh, we can argue about that all day long. Yeah. But the fact is, it's those who are. Yeah. And however they arrive there, uh, I, you know, we can mm-hmm. uh, we can discuss that, and we can have uh, we actually should be able to have mm-hmm. some fun discussing that yeah. because the answer isn't absolute. Yeah. But uh, but once you're in his camp, you know mm-hmm. it, and that part is absolute. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's I'm, my that's my view of it. So yeah. we don't get, as you said, too far off in the weeds on. Yeah, I don't want to get too far into the yeah. weeds on it. But I think it is a helpful word to to come across because if I'm if I'm someone who's new to the faith and I read that, I'm a little bit like, okay, did I miss something? What is a what is God's elect? Um, so I, I would, you know, can yeah. I put add one more thing to it? Can yeah, I give a, an it. example? Um, yeah. Of my four children, three of them are biological and one of them's adopted. Well, they're all elected. Mm-hmm. I've chose to keep all of them. And they're yeah. all in my family. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so they would be Cliff's elect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as would be my 15 grandkids. Mm-hmm. And let's see, two, three, three, three of those are adopted. Mm. So, um, but they're all mine. And, and I see it that way. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I'm, I, I believe I'm one of the simpler minds on staff <laughs> and <laughs> I don't, I don't see that, but okay, I, oh, thank going. you. Thank you, Hayden. I, you know, I look at it and like, I, for me, I get to translate things to kids, not just the kids for the church, but also for, for my kids at home. Right. And, uh, if we were talking about this kind of concept, I let my kids watch the show Loki yeah. And this idea of these different timelines of what could take place as people make different decisions when we're talking about free will, predestination kind of thing, not to get too heavy or too deep in the situation. But basically, we just yesterday were talking about heaven and the timing. And I was just telling my kids, you know, remember watching Chronicles of Narnia and, or reading the books? And when the when the main characters come back, it was like no time at all had passed. And they're like, yeah. And I said, I believe that's the way heaven is. God's pulled so far back from our timeline. He sees no matter what direction we take, he knows what what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So when we're talking about predestination, free will, we're talking about those that he called justified. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's a little easier for me to just kind of go, here is what those timelines could or or do look like, and God knows what's going to happen each way. Yeah, yeah I like that. Um, yeah. And I just found this helpful. Brian's not here, so I'm going to be the, the Greek guy. Um, the Greek word is eklektos, which is commonly uh, translated to elect, chosen, or the chosen one. And the definition, 
chosen out, selected in the New Testament, chosen as a recipient of special privilege, which really lines up well with your uh, example, Cliff, of choosing, right? Like there's, right. there's still one's adopted, three are biological, but I choose all of them. They're all a part of what you'd call Cliff's elect, right? Um, the other word that I want to hop into real fast is um, interceding. I think it's a word that we all know the definition of or can use context clues, but it's not a word that I would typically use. There's another words. There's other words we use more commonly for intercession or interceding, but I'd like to really quick just break that down before we get into the rest of the message. So uh, if either one of you wants to take a stab at it, what, what that means to you. Yeah. Um, so, to, so we could use the word praise. Mm-hmm. You know, he prays for us. He intercedes for us. Yeah. But, but actually the word interceding, mm-hmm. the, the roots of that and the history of that is, is actually more one almost of representing or yeah. like an attorney for a client. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to argue on behalf of, or mm-hmm. you're going to represent on behalf of. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that idea of interceding. So when it yeah. says that both the Holy Spirit and Jesus are interceding for us, mm-hmm. it's a pretty significant thing. It means they're on our team yeah. and it means they're representing us and they're doing it from a place of higher representation than we could do on our own. Yep. It makes me think of, uh, I, I might be off on this one. You guys might know where it's at, but I believe in Jude, uh, they refer to Jesus as our mediator. And I think of that relationship of intercession because truly the Holy Spirit, Jesus all intercedes for us. But the issue with the intercession is Jesus is on both sides, right? He's on God's side and our side where you see the the word that I love mediator there is, hey, there's there's obviously a difference between you guys being creation and your creator. And I'm not here to pick the winner of who is right or wrong. I'm trying to mediate this and come to an agreeable mm-hmm. circumstance. So that's so good, Hayden. I love that. And you know what's 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 really cool about this whole conversation and this whole part of the scripture is when we're talking about either the, our triune God or mm-hmm. our relationship with any facet of that, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, the Father, Yeah. oftentimes I feel as though when when people are approaching this subject, it, it feels almost like a us and them kind of yeah. scenario. Right. And this is great because it's unpacking the relationship we have when we're talking about how they intercede for us or moderate for us. Or So mm-hmm. it's super cool for me that we are in this spot right now being able yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So to me, I, I love the fact that our creator, God, says, I'm going to create you guys also but you're not me. Yeah. <laughs> but I want you to have a relationship with me so bad. I'm going to actually put part of me in you. Yeah. So and great. I'll let that part, which we mm-hmm. call the Holy Spirit, uh, I'll let that part uh, communicate with me where you can't mm. so that you can communicate with me. And oh, by the way, another part of me, I'm going to have sacrifice so you can be in relationship with me and can be seen as perfect as that part of me is. Definitely. You know, so yeah, it is kind of a... Uh, and the more you understand this, the more I believe you can really embrace a daily holistic approach to that relationship mm. where you're kind of going, you know, I don't even have words for what I'm looking for here, God, yeah. but can you help me please? Yes. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we've covered the the basic <laughs> vernacular. So let's hop into um, the message and let's 
break it down a little bit. Um, Cliff, you read 31 and th- 31 through 34, and the prevailing thought that came through was God is for you and God is for me. And maybe the better way to say it is God is for us in general, right? Right. Okay, but, b- before we go there, can I just throw in something that I messed up on? I'll allow it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yesterday is 27th, the week before is the 20th, and I got to lead worship. Yeah. Uh, so fun. And as Catherine and I were looking over which worship songs we wanted to to take on, we thought, oh, you know, we'll be let, let's be smart about this. Let's read ahead and see what we're going to be eventually talking about here. And sure enough, come across, if God is for us, yep. who can stand against us? And yep. I was like, oh, hey, let's use the song Our God, because you yep. know we'll be unpacking that. And I totally missed the mark. It was the wrong week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so anyway, we led that. We chose that song because we thought it would be right in line with what was being taught. But I missed it yep. by a week, and yep. I just thought I would humbly share that I well, totally missed that. And with I, everyone I, I like that you mentioned that because I feel like that that verse in and of itself can be so misconstrued and can be so used for the wrong reasons, right? Because yeah. it, it feels like if I believe in God and I have a relationship with him, anything is possible for me to go out and do, right? <laughs> Which is fine, but we also know from reading our Bibles that it's your will be done, not mine, right? Yeah, so right. we set out with this expectation that we have all this confidence of, I can break down any wall and climb any mountain, which is fine because you should have confidence in Christ. That's biblical, right? But the reminder that we have to take with that verse is, it doesn't mean Michael's this conqueror that can go out and do all these things. It's, yes, if God is for me, who can stand against me, but it's also your will be done, not mine. And I yeah. think that that's a very um, misused verse that w- that I think we as early Christians, when we first come to faith, it's like, cool, I can do anything. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you can, but God has to ordain it and God has to will it, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, th- I, I'm glad you brought that up, Hayden, because it's so, it, that's really the difference, if you don't understand that, then you yeah. will read a lot of those. And not just what we've been reading, but you'll also read where Jesus talks about. If you yep. have this amount of faith, you'll be able to do anything. Yep. And if we assume that means we can do anything that we want for ourselves, mm-hmm. that's a really poor assumption. Because yeah. when Jesus says that, he is presuming mm-hmm. you are about the Father's will. Yep. And so then you wouldn't ask for the mountain to be moved from here to here unless God told you to ask for that. God, what do you want me to do about this mountain? Yeah, exactly (laughs) right. Exactly right. And then then all of a sudden you have, so, so God, I want you to heal this person who I love very much. Mm -hmm. It's my spouse. It's my brother, my sister, my whatever it is, somebody who's close to me. And, and I'm now thinking I've got to pray this with faith so that God will do that. But, um, and then if that doesn't happen, we feel like, how did I miss? Yeah. Or how come God's not doing that? Yep. And uh, in, instead of being able to say, wow, Lord, what I really want is your will. And I trust that you will work it out, not just for my good, but for their good, because they love yep. you and they're called according to your purpose. Now, whether I see how that works out or not, yep. or whether it works out in my life, or whether it takes lifetimes to work out, that's not my responsibility. I believe what you said yeah. in faith that you're going to do it. Yeah. It's really interesting because my understanding of limited understanding of other versions of religion that kind of take things on, usually that's kind of the idea. Like I, I will do X sacrifice and you will do for me this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Versus uh, a submission 
as we've talked about in many, many different sermons, to the highest authority, our king, saying, hey, your will be done, and I'd like to be in line with what your plans are. Right. And with that, I know that nothing's going to be standing in our way Mm -hmm. because of the what you have ordained, this journey you have for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Well, I think about how many times we set out with the best intentions, and I think that there's an ability for us to go out and do good things but I think we've all been a part of something where, let's say, we feel the call to uh, help somebody out or start a ministry or do something, right? And and good stuff is done, but I think we've all been a part of those ministries where God has really placed it on someone's heart and it's been that much more effective. And I think yes. that's kind of a distinction we have to make as well of if you're serving God, you're not making the wrong choice at all. But if God's calling you to do something, you can tell how effortless and how much of a blessing that ministry or that choice can be because it's very much in line with God's heart for you or whatever church you're a part of. So now I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. At the same time, I also want to add, I've experienced some times where I, especially looking back, go, no, I know God called me to that time yeah. and space. Man, there was some suffering. There was yeah. some hardships yeah. that yep. we went through in that process. Yep. yep. So the, we, earlier today, we were, we were talking earlier the other day. Uh, we were talking about <laughs> s- seasons, and uh, I do believe God can call us to really yeah. difficult, hard things, even yeah. in ministry. Um, but there is something to be said for when God does call you to it, you are empowered versus mm-hmm. attempting to do something that is, if you will, quote unquote, the right thing, but in the wrong season per se. Right, right. Or or in the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul, you know, Paul's such an interesting writer because in some some ways it's so he just brings such clarity to things. In other ways, you can read it and really get confused mm-hmm. sometimes. And and he does it, like, like to use now and again some really long run on sentences yeah. where you're going, <laughs> how can I actually get my head around this? Yeah. You know? And this, what we were looking at uh, uh Sunday, he keeps asking these questions. And if you try to answer the questions or you try to dissect them as questions, you can get down a rabbit trail that that really you're not intended to go down because Mm -hmm. he doesn't expect you to answer one of the questions. Yeah. Every one of them to him are rhetorical. They're so the answer is so obvious. I'm just throwing it out as a question, as in absurdity. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And also I pick up like a hint of sass too, right? Yes. (laughs) And it reminds me a lot of God's response to Job, right? Where it's Mm. all these rhetorical questions. Maybe not rhetorical, but there's some sass in it of like, yes. Job, where were you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. is one that's rhetorical. Yeah. No, Job, you know the answer to this. And I know the there. answer to it, right? Yeah. God's very aware of where Job was. That's right. Yes. I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, so we're talking about how do people get sideways with this message when you're emphasizing that, man, this is so cool that God has said, Every bad thing I'm going to turn into good for those who love me and are called according to me. And every good thing comes from me. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're connected with me, it's all good. But then you can look at your life and go, wait a minute. And let me tell you, when I was in prison, it didn't always feel that way. Mm-hmm. Right? And and when you're in the middle of trying like crazy to, mm-hmm. to hold your marriage together and it's not, you're going, what in the world? How yeah. is this working out that way? Yeah. And and I think that's, that is where faith comes in. Mm-hmm. And if we miss, if we miss that, then I can get mad at God that He never reconciled yep. my first marriage because I because it's what He should do, mm-hmm. and it's even what seems right to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you ask some of those things, so Paul in writes the letter 
Galatians, and he's writing to the Christians in Galatia. And in chapter 6, he tells his own little sowing seed story. And what he basically says is that uh, there's two kind of fields you can, you can sow into. You can sow into the field of flesh or the field of the Spirit. Hmm. And, and he kind of indicates there's two kinds of seeds. It's a little harder to see, but there's fear and there's faith. Well, if you sow the seed of faith into flesh, which is, means it's about me, then what you get is I can tell people what they ought to do. Or I, it's a positive mm-hmm. thinking deal. It's a name it and claim it or blab it and grab it or, you know, uh, an uh, erroneous prosperity yeah. po- uh, doctrine that says, mm-hmm. hey, th- I'm, I'm applying my faith and this should be my result. And I'm going to decide what that should be. Yep. Well, actually, that's the flesh then. You've just put yourself in place of God. Yeah. And then you got a problem when he doesn't answer things the way you think he's mm-hmm. going to answer them or if you think he should. It's so interesting because as you describe that there, when you sow seeds into faith, you're really stepping into a full trust into our creator in the unknown. Yes. Where if you sow seeds in the flesh, you are then putting yourself in a place where you can control a lot more of the factors. That's right. Which is the crazy part of the situation, right? It's like, yes. well, I, I've got I've got some sense of control. I got some sense of being able to fix this piece over here. But the irony, the crazy part of, of it all is it's like, no, God's wanting you to step out into this unknown, this faith, because that's where yeah. he mm. does his work. Yes. And if we apply the faith to the flesh, then we end up getting, we get, uh, number one, we get a, a, a you got to do, right? It's got to yeah. look this way. Mm. It's got to look this way. It's got to be this way because it's all about me. But when we sow it into the spirit, then, then we can accept the fact that his son goes to the cross, is dead and buried, and we don't know how in the world that's going to work out. Yeah. But we've got to trust God that he's got a perspective we don't. And then when he's raised again, once again, we think, oh, now we figured it out. We're going to take over Rome. And here we go. Yep. And we go right back to the flesh. It's got to happen my way. Yeah. He's going, Mm -hmm. no, 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 you got to stay in the spirit (laughs) and follow my way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The hardest thing I think for us as believers to do. I feel well, like yeah. denominations mm-hmm. are created yes. based on all these yeah. yes. questions yeah. that we're answering right now. Yeah. It's like, nope, it's this way. Well, I think it's I think it's the easy answer, but it's hard in practice because you you go through these que- I mean, every every person who comes to faith, their first question is, if God is so good and loves us, why do we go through hard things and why do we experience early deaths and pain and all of that? It's so tough, and as a 20-something who hasn't experienced a lot of life, it's the answer that I go back to is it all relies on faith, trust, and having an eternal perspective, right? Because I can't answer why your loved one passed away early, and I can't think of any reason of this person's life is now a testimony. Cool, but couldn't they still been a testimony alive? Yes. You know, like, (laughs) so, I mean, we fail so often to put, significance and meaning on some of these things. And it comes down to trust and faith. Cause what's, what's the alternative? Just more questions, right? If I yes. choose not to believe in God, I'm still upset. My loved one's dead and I have no answer for it. Right. 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 So there is no happy, you know, seal that we can put on it and say, this is why God allowed your loved one to die early. Right. right? And it's, it comes down to that trust and faith. That's not, that's not a fun answer that you want to hear because you, you get no answer from it, you know? Right. So. But it's also holistic, right, to be able to pull back and say, wait a minute, it isn't just about what God's doing 
although that's ultimately what it's about. Mm -hmm. But he informs us there is some other things at work here. Yeah. Some other things that sin introduced into the world that wasn't there before. And there is a mastermind behind that. And we talked about that Sunday as well. The accuser is there trying to condemn us. Mm-hmm. And so he's the one who brings, who uh, who emphasizes, who yeah. makes us want to sin. Mm-hmm. And so we get mad that the results of sin are the death of somebody that we loved. And and then we get mad at God for that when God didn't have anything to do yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. The enemy did. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so for us to be able to go to to re- re- remember that, I do think it's one of the enemy's great mm-hmm. delights is that when bad things happen, people blame God mm. when he's the yeah. instigator of it. And if we instead blamed him and went to God, we'd get past those things a lot more quickly. Mm. And it's it's interesting because... I've, I've, I know what you're talking about when you say, you know, blame God. I think my brain goes to, well, ultimately blame God only because if God is all powerful, right. why would he allow this to happen right. kind of thing versus, uh, putting intent on God where God's going, no, that's going to, that's going to be the way I want it to go to, yeah. to, to, so that you can suffer and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I I had an interesting thing with one of my kids uh, the other day that they said, uh, "Dad, are are people going to be sad in heaven at all about things that are going on on Earth?" And and in part, I kind of wanted to say, "Well, I feel like that makes sense that seeing the the suffering and the pain and the different things that people go through." But I said, "Also, Scripture tells us there are no tears in heaven," and I and I bring it back to that sense of timeline. Right. Where it's like they, I assume, I don't know, but uh, I I believe we might get a little bit of God's perspective on things when we're in heaven and we can see more of the full picture of what's going on and, and why it's going on. And you get to see an eternal perspective versus, and, and from that, I guess, way zoomed back view, there likely would be no tears in heaven because you know how the game ends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that perspective is so hard for us to have when we are ensconced in life. Mm, Yeah. We're just doing life. Uh, For me, where that really came down to understand that difference. So to answer the question, God is all-powerful, so why does he let that happen? Mm -hmm. So when my 41-year marriage was coming to a close, and I'm fighting like crazy to see God save that, and Mm. I'm telling God, you're a God of reconciliation. And I know the enemy has sown seeds here, and I know he wants to see it destroyed. Mm. Then why are you letting that happen? And, mm. and, and I had to sit on that for a minute. And, and I'd said, well, why are you letting that happen, Lord? What's going on there? And, and God said, well, do I, am I also the God of choice? Mm. And I went, oh, yeah. Well, yes, you are, but, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I want this to work out my way. Yeah. And he says to me, uh, have you always made the right choices? <laughs> You know, and I, and sometimes it's really irritating when the Holy Spirit convicts you on yeah. that. Well, no, I haven't. And have I still turned those things to good? Mm. Yeah. Actually, it shows you that I'm going to give her the choice. Yeah. Mm. And even if it's not what I want, I still can turn it to good for her and you mm. and still my glory. That's how great a God I am. Yeah. I can mm-hmm. let sin have its way and still turn it. It's so hard in the moment, oh, though. Oh, it's so terrible hard so in the hard moment. So hard in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Oof. 
And it's where I think we need to support each other as believers and yeah. encourage each other because in those moments, oh man, it is so hard. And yeah. you need somebody to come alongside and go, hey, don't forget. It's where we need community. Yes. Where we need, we need each need, other. Yep. Mm. Yep. And he's got all of eternity to balance those scales. Don't yeah. forget that either. You know? Yeah. I think that two weeks ago I was talking about Horatio Spafford. Well, he has no idea what a blessing his pain has become. Mm, yeah. Because okay. of the song he wrote that has ministered to me incredibly. It is well with my soul. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that song, man, it has ministered to me so deeply. Yeah. So many times. Well, he's been dead a long time. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't even imagine the pain he was going through. Oh, yeah. No. No, Oof. not as a parent. Uh-uh. I yeah. say this, uh, I think, pretty often on the podcast, but obviously one of the, the biggest uh, setbacks that we experience is time and the fact that we can't sit in here for four hours and talk about <laughs> Romans, right? Right. Um, but I think that really, uh, I can't remember how long ago Scott preached, but... Um, when Scott preached on suffering, suffering until the end of this chapter is one of those things that you see the compare and contrast, right? Especially, I won't give away spoilers, but next week, yeah, that's right. Next week is where you get to see the payoff of Scott's message, right? Yeah. And even in your message, Cliff, I I realized how hamstrung you were by not being able to move forward, <laughs> and you had like, I mean. You did a great job with what you had, but the fact if you could have preached from 31 till the end, yeah. you would have been able to put together this wonderful message, and obviously we have next week to look forward to. But it is tough um, being kind of constrained to this half an hour time allotment, right? Yes. So one of the things I want to do in the meantime until next Sunday is I kind of want to focus on 31 through 34, and um, we've talked about the cautionary tale of if God is for us, who can stand against us? But what I what I want to throw to you guys, and I'll answer as well, so no pressure, but what is the application, the walk away from if God is for us, who can stand against us? But there is limitations to it, right? There is your will be done, not mine. As a listener or a reader to that section, what should I walk away with? Am I walking away empowered and... Um, I can do, I can be bold and do these great things, or is it a call to maybe more introspection and, and prayer and meditation with God of what do you want me to do since anything's possible with you? What would you say to somebody who's read through this and maybe not read the next chunk that'll answer a lot of questions? If you need more time, I can go. <laughs> Cause I know I'm throwing, uh, yeah, no, basically, uh, can you summarize th- three verses on the spot? My answer to that would yes, be yes, give us your um, pray, pray big things and ask big questions, right? God, what would it look like if your influence was being done in my life? I don't want to jump too far into circles, but kind of what we're talking about with the circle series, what do you want to see in my life, in my home? What do you want to see here in Woodenville or my neighborhood? And what would it look like if all of us as a, as a, group of believers, a a capital K kingdom, what would it look like if your influence was unhindered in this world? Mm, Man, I love that thought. And knowing that if you're for us, we can do all that. Right, right. 
I, I believe one of the first messages you gave, Cliff, you talked about Joshua and the angel uh, that basically where Joshua was confronted and he's like, well, are you for us or for mm-hmm. them? And, and the angel says, uh, I'm for God's way. Yeah. You know, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. But yeah. Not your way, not my way, but Neither, God's way. But God's way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that summarizes a big chunk of what we're really talking about yes. here when we're talking about, um, yeah, um, my brain just froze. Uh, <laughs> if God is for yeah. us, who can stand against us? Yeah. Right. And it's, it's a mature perspective yes. really is what we're talking yeah. about mm-hmm. where Joshua's wasn't quite there yet with maturity going, are you for us? And yeah. like, actually I'm for God. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> and so I'm sure as we talked about, even back way back then, Joshua's in his head was thinking, well, of course I'm for God. Cause I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a good thing. And, and he had to be a little bit course corrected. And yeah. so, um, to get back to some of what you were talking about, hopefully I heard you correctly mm-hmm. on this. I think about like when we're talking about hard things in life and direction, and if someone's in this place, where can what is an applicable way of moving forward right yeah. now? Uh, I think about before Hallie and I had kids, she worked at Seattle Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And while we were in the dating phase, I mean, we were, we were just, it was, it was so much fun. You know, we, we'd watch drama. We both had theater in our background. So we, we really got into, oh, the acting of this or, or even some scary movies or whatever. But as she continued her role at Seattle Children's Hospital, her role specifically as a liaison was to work with families who, whose children had come down with really really hard mm-hmm. things like cancer oftentimes would hold parents as they just mm-hmm. broke down and cried because their kid was has either just passed or has a diagnosis where they're not going to make it and that season changed Hallie completely she mm-hmm. could no longer it was, it was probably a good three or four years she could not watch anything but comedy it was like yeah mm-hmm. I only mm-hmm. can do funny things right now Michael anything else mm-hmm. I'm gonna melt and I think about that time with your question because I believe there are seasons where it's you're you're in it so deep and so yep. heavy it's like you're drowning in the suffering that we're talking yeah. about that Scott was talking yeah and it's like it's it's literally like I can't breathe right now I don't know where to turn yeah and so I guess to answer your question I would say it's going to require effort and some energy that you may not even feel like you have, Mm -hmm. but look to people within your community, in your church, because we do care. And we, if we don't know if you're in that place, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to find that out and to actually care for you. I know uh, when I've been in really challenging places, I've had people in the community go, I'm bringing food over tonight. Yeah. And I didn't even ask mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And just all of a sudden going, man, I just didn't have to spend the last hour and a half making food and yeah. even necessarily cleaning it up because I just threw away whatever was over or whatever. That extra help just was so nice. Even that smallest little thing, let alone the many other things that we can do for people as a community. So yeah. if you're in that place, I would say, gosh, let us know whether it's staff or someone that you know cares yeah. about people in the church because we want to come together for you as a community. Yeah, that preaches pretty good, Michael. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, uh, uh, like, like Hayden was saying, though, I, I think when you find yourself there, first to recognize that God loves us and he's been in our place. Yeah. So he understands that. And that's why he, he is not, 
He isn't bothered by questions. He is bothered when we start, uh, you know, when, when you read about people who are telling him, basically telling him off, if you will, uh, he can even tolerate some of that when he understands our frustration. He, he'll, he'll tolerate some of that. <laughs> but he, he's delighted when we ask questions mm-hmm. if we'll listen, because then he will often uh, share. And I think what you're saying is absolutely right. To go back to, it's not my way. Yeah. It's not your way. It's God's way. Mm-hmm. And when it is God's way, then we can do exactly what you were talking about, Hayden. We can say, if God's against us, then if, if God's for us, who can yeah. be against yeah. us? No one can. No one can overcome it because mm-hmm. we are following his will and his direction. And then we can expect to be, as we'll find out next week, more than conquerors and yeah. all of it, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for thinking on the spot. Um, I want to bring us to a close because we're getting close on time. So is there any um, anything that you guys were holding on to uh, or wanted to ask but didn't come up naturally? So, Just one. Don't forget God is for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's it. That's a great reminder to have. Especially if you're on your lunch break and you're like, I don't want to go back to work. Well, <laughs> God is for you. Or if you're driving to work, because this comes out early. Yeah. If you're driving to work, you got this because God's with you. Yeah, um, awesome. All right. Well, I'm getting a call from uh, 1-800 number. So let's uh, let's all wrap right. it up so I can answer that That's promptly. That's actually me calling you. I, oh, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. And we will see you guys next week. 